Scripture says that God our Savior desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. But what is the truth? And how do we gain that knowledge? The answer to these questions and more in today's edition of Faith with Father. Living Bread Radio presents Faith with Father, a program aimed at teaching today's culture the truth about the Catholic faith. And now here's your host, Tim Perry. Hello, and welcome to this edition of Faith with Father. I'm your host, Tim Perry, and with me today on location is Father Michael Dank, a priest for the Diocese of Cleveland. Hello, Father. Hey, thanks for coming to St. Gabriel, Tim. It's good to be with you in Danagon. Yep, it's great to see you again. Uh, we're going to continue our discussion from the UCAT about what we believe as Catholics, and we're going through the, the Ten Commandments, and we're going to continue our discussion about the Fifth Commandment. And question 382 of the UCAT asks, is it permissible to offer assistance in dying? Yeah, so this is a great question and a very pertinent and important question for all of us uh, today because... I think more and more as people are living living older and when we're we're finding more and more means to to care for them uh it's also bringing about a lot of questions you know and a, a lot of complications and so the church has uh just some wonderful insight into this so uh, it's good for all of our listeners to think about for yourself you know how you would like your your life to come to a natural end and and if you know anyone that's getting older um, to make sure that you talk to them about about what their wishes are, you know. So we'll talk about what extraordinary care is and what ordinary care is. So, the the, the church says that uh, the person themselves can only decide if they want extraordinary care. So, for example, I had a great uncle Jim. He was my my grandfather's brother. He wanted to do everything possible before he died, you know. And so that meant at 87 or 88 years old, having heart surgery and, you know, um, going through these intensive things that the doctors were like, you know, we're not sure you want to do this. And um, it's, it's, it's up to the individual, really, to make those choices. So it's important for you as an individual to let your family know what those choices are for you, because there may come, come a time where you're not conscious or not able to make those choices. So it's first, uh, first so important, I think, that you have that, that you have that, that living will and that you make your intentions known about what your approach to dying is. Some people are really afraid of dying and they want to fight it with every means necessary. I, by the way, uh, love the do not resuscitate. If, I, if God wants to take me, I would gladly go into his arms tomorrow. So I want my family and friends to know that right now. Um, so you must be in a state of grace then, Father. <laughs> well, I, right now I am, I hope. <laughs> I, I, I trust Jesus, I trust in you. I trust in your mercy. But, you know, the, 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 also the dignity of life and the commandment, thou shalt not kill, we, we do need to make sure that we're never taking life, that we're safeguarding it, but also allowing life to take its natural course. And, and if, if a person does begin the process of dying, it's important for us to know as Catholics what, what we should do or maybe not do you know, during that process. So for, for those of you that have, have a loved one that is getting older, um, if you're a nurse or a doctor, you know, and you're listening, I get this question all the time where they, where they ask me, and sometimes there's a lot of guilt in terms of whether or not you should provide artificial hydration and nutrition, whether or not you should provide morphine. And so I want to talk really specifically about that, and it won't take too long to cover, but let's talk about, first of all, someone that is actually in the process of dying. So someone that is in the process of dying, they can forego extraordinary means. So you're not obligated to by every means possible, try to make your life go on. If you are, say you're dying of some kind of um, 
uh, what's the cancer that you can't cure? Um, um, Pancreatic? I, yeah, I'm trying to think of the phrase, though. Uh, <laughs> can't think right now. But, you know, if you're dying of something that is incurable, yes. you know, you could try to do everything that you want, um, even if you know it's, it's not going to, to do it. And you, you might even suffer more because of that. It's okay to, to say, no, no I'm going to choose to die you know, with dignity and with grace. It is okay to do that. Um, the only time the church would say that we need to provide someone with, with artificial hydration and nutrition, those would be what's known as basic care, is when someone is, is, as we talked about before, unconscious or they're unable to make decisions themselves. So even if they're in a vegetative state, uh, we do need to provide them with artificial hydration and nutrition. And those are not seen as being extraordinary. So that's something that we should always provide for people, unless this is the this is the the caveat. If someone begins the dying process, you know, so if they are dying and, and hospice has a good a good sense of that, then you don't need to to supply that artificial hydration nutrition because it could actually complicate things, you know. So as someone's dying, their body begins to dehydrate and that produces painkillers. And so if you then go and hydrate somebody in the process of dying, you can actually cause them pain. So it's just good for, for all of us to know that extraordinary means, first of all, you don't have to do. You can do them. By all means, if you want to, you can do it, but you don't have to. And then finally, the ordinary means you would want to do unless you are actively dying. And if you're actively dying, then, then even the ordinary means can be so put aside and we can allow a person to die again with, 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 with that natural dignity. And the other question, I think, is, is painkillers, you know, morphine. So Sometimes the pain is so great that that that, that um, you know the, the morphine dose can be so high that you actually risk the possibility of death. And again, it goes back to intent. So we we believe that shall not kill. You know, you cannot give a person morphine to kill them, or that would be what we call euthanasia, as we talked about last time. You cannot actively kill a person. But if a person is in so much pain and, and requires morphine to minimize their pain. A nurse can, in good conscience, give them the morphine to minimize their pain. Again, not intending to kill them, but it might be a byproduct of that. You know, it's not the aim to bring about the death, but um, it, it, it may happen in the process. So I think that hopefully should just ease the consciences of some nurses and doctors that are giving morphine. Again, it's it's for a person actively dying. You you wouldn't do that for a person at any state, but you could give them morphine to 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 help take away and ease some of that that suffering. You know, so we are called to minister to those who are who suffer. But as you said, there is a, a, a redemptiveness to suffering. You know that that suffering uh, does not have to be avoided at all costs, but can actually be embraced until ultimately we give our last breath. So the Terry Schiavo case brought a lot of these points yeah, that, that you made was, mm-hmm. to to the forefront. Yeah, that was the big case where she was taken off. She was in per, she was in permanent vegetative state and was taken off the ordinary means, which, as the church says, they're not extraordinary. We can ordinarily give somebody hydration and nutrition and, and provide that, that love and that care to that person. So somebody in that vegetative state does still need, again, their life. It's not up to us to, to give and to take away life. That's only up to God. And I don't know about you, but I've heard miraculous story after miraculous story of somebody who the doctor said was dead inside and days weeks months later they 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 came out of it and they remembered everything you know they remember the 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 moment where the family was almost going to pull the plug and they didn't and um mm-hmm. uh you know i think it's so important and that, that it's also important to remember to speak to your loved ones as they're dying even if they can't speak back to you 
um, to comfort them, to read scripture to them, to tell them you love them, to tell them anything you, you need to say to them and to make your peace with them. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Thanks for uh, taking the time to cover those specific uh, details, Father. Question 383 of the UCAT asks, why is abortion unacceptable at any phase in the development of an embryo? So this obviously in our country especially is, is such a grave and serious sin and, and one that we're so enmeshed in. I mean, the millions of, of lives that have been aborted and, and, and have been killed, murdered, innocent ch- children murdered in the womb. You know, so again, this goes to the commandment, thou shalt not kill. Once life, once God brings something into life, it's not up for us to to destroy that life. So we believe that life begins at the moment of conception, the moment that the sperm and egg are united. There's a powerful transformation, and uh, and and God breathes life into that. We hear in in the book of Jeremiah, "Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I consecrated you." So even in the womb, God God knows that child. That's His child. It's not your child. It's not my child. Mm-hmm. That's God's child. And, uh, and and he knows that child and has every intention and desire to bring life and abundance to that child. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's uh, appropriate to mention that uh, we have a voting year coming up, and one of the parties has the most pro-life platform that they've ever had. Yeah, which is, is absolutely horrifying and and I know as a church we're not called to be single issue voters but we are also called to weigh the, the values of each issue and this would be an issue that's extremely um important mm-hmm. uh, and again it goes right to the heart of the commandment thou shall not kill and we have to make sure that we don't come to this uh place in our country where we have a government not only allowing for abortions, but actually beginning to mandate it, actually mm-hmm. beginning to mandate, Just like China. yeah, that we take that take part of it. The big insight for me happened. I was in Rwanda with Catholic Relief Services one year, and they the the genocide occurred there back in 1993, and it was a country that was 99 percent Catholic, and they were killing each other, slaughtering their neighbors. And the reason that they did it is they were so manipulated by the government that they no longer saw their neighbors as a person. Oh, they wow. began to call them a cockroach. Oh, they began wow. to, to say they must be destroyed. And that's what happens happens to us. We no longer see that life in the womb as being a person. You know, we, we've, we've begun to disidentify that with being an actual uh, a person in the womb. So it's so important that we realize and care for that dignity of the person from the moment of conception. And, and realize the sacredness of life, whether it's an unborn baby in the womb or an elderly person. Who's yeah, done. you know, and I think this goes for for all cases. So, the, you know, people sometimes say, "Well, what about rape? Or what about incest? Or what about?" Regardless of of how that life came into this world, it is life. It's not the baby's fault. No, and and you know, I've I've heard, and maybe you've heard too, testimonies of, of children now that are thirty or forty years old, and their parents tried to abort them. And and they're actually just there to witness and speak out and say, what about my rights? What about my right to, to have life? You know, so we just have to realize that that is, that's another individual person there. Mm-hmm. So even though it is in the womb of a mother, it's not, it's no longer her. It's, 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 it's a unique creation of God. It's a person. Well, some people feel if the baby is going to be handicapped or Down syndrome, that it's okay. Tim Tebow is a wonderful example of, mm-hmm. of his mother was told to abort him. Because he was oh, going to be born, story. Yeah. yeah, 
and he went on, of course, to become a Heisman Trophy winner right. in football. So you know, and I think even if you, even if a person is handicapped or you know has Down syndrome or something like that, we all know those are the most lovely people in the world. You know what I mean? And I, I know parents uh, who have children with Downs, and they. They were, you know, doctors were forced to ask them that question. And the doctor said, we have to offer you the, the opportunity to abort. And, and they were just horrified about hearing that because that was a child. It's life, you know. So, mm-hmm. and, and it's that, been a blessing to the family. Oh, my gosh, yeah. You know, so all life is a blessing. And, uh, and especially handicapped and disabled, man, they, they show us um, God's wonder through their weakness in, in ways that, that are more powerful than we could ever imagine. Awesome. We've been listening to Father Michael Dank. Can we have your blessing, please, Father? The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Heavenly Father, we just ask that you safeguard and protect and allow us, too, to be a part of that protection of all life from the the, the moment of conception until natural death. And may Almighty God bless all of you who are listening, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. We have hundreds of past Faith with Father shows archived, and we're now podcasting all the new shows. You can subscribe right on our website, livingbreadradio.com. Go to the Programming tab and click on Faith with Father. This has been Tim Perry, and until next time, you're only a confession away from coming back to church and receiving Jesus in the Eucharist. Bye for now. been Faith with Father, a production of Living Bread Radio in Canton, Ohio. For an audio archive of this program, log on to livingbreadradio.com and click on Faith with Father. If you have a question or comment about today's program, email us at askfather at livingbreadradio.com. And join us again next time for another edition of Faith with Father.